I'm Stephanie Wilson Coleman, the Empowerment Doctor. I believe that each soul is jam-packed with every single thing that it needs to be successful. I believe that no matter where you find yourself, that you can overcome. I believe that you have what it takes deep inside you to be a winner. See, it's not over until you say it's over. Get ready for this adventure, for this adventure towards success. Dream big. Tomorrow's gonna bring a change. The message remains the same. Greetings and welcome to A Sip of Inspiration. I'm Stephanie Wilson Coleman, the Empowerment Doctor, and I am your host for tonight's show. I want to thank all of the viewers for tuning in to our show tonight. And as you know, we always do a lot of great work, so I need you to get a pencil and some paper so that you can take notes. Now today I'm going to go through sort of um, Q&A, and I'm going to talk about a lot of the questions that I've been receiving over the last 30 days and we'll talk about those questions and provide you with some answers and of course then there's always the topic of money so we'll talk a little bit about money also so get ready because here we go now the first question that I'm always receiving and I've received about 10 of these that question is what does gratitude have to do with prosperity so we're going to spend a few minutes on gratitude. Gratitude has absolutely everything to do with prosperity. You see, the things that you focus on, and remember I'm always teaching that le lesson, is where you focus is where your attention is. So when you focus on things that you're grateful for, that's where your attention goes. But when you focus on things that are not going too well, then that's where your attention goes. So you can imagine wherever your attention is, is what you create. So start with gratitude. I'm often asked, well, what if I only have one thing to be grateful for? Do I need 10 or 20 things? Gratitude is not a contest. Gratitude is simply listing the things that you are grateful for. See, the universe does not require quantity. It requires quantity. And you've heard me say it a time and time again, that if you can only find one thing to be grateful for, I want you to be grateful for that. Now, along with gratitude, I like to also encourage everyone to take this gratitude and put this gratitude on steroids. This is what this means. It's when somebody does something to help you move toward your goal or to make you feel good about yourself or even to share a laugh or a joke with you and that actually lifted your spirits, then you should thank them. But I want you to do more than just a cursory, oh, thank you, or think about it later. I want you to actually, maybe in this day and age, send a text or an email, post something to let them know that you are absolutely grateful for how they made you feel that day. I want you to, if possible, maybe even write a note, stick it in mail. People love handwritten notes if you just just simple ones to say, thank you for making my day. Then that way, what happens is you are focused on gratitude. You're focused on the feeling that you received and you are actually helping to keep that feeling alive. And then you're repaying it. Remember, in order to receive, you have to give first. You give first. So when you give, then you get back and you create this cycle 
of give and receive, give and receive, give and receive, and you're receiving all kinds of good things. Now, a lot of people wonder, you know, things are just kind of going crappy right now, Stephanie, so I don't have anything that I can be grateful for. Well, if you were able to utter the words that things are just going crappy right now, Stephanie, and I don't have anything to be grateful for, then you've got something to be grateful for. You actually have your voice, you actually have your mental faculties, you actually have some portion of health. A lot of us are healthier than we know, and that in itself is a lot to be grateful for. If the fact that you're in a safe space, that's a lot to be grateful for. If you look out your window and, there's, and you can see nature, trees, whether it's snow or ice or beautiful waters or flowers, that's something to be thankful for. So those kinds of things I want you to stay focused on. Then before you go to bed at night, before you retire, I want you to sit down, as always, with the list, because Stephanie has list. I want you to write down five things that you had to be grateful for that day. In other words, I want you to do a review of your day. I want you to write down the five things that you're grateful for, because I know you remember all the things that had hiccups in your day, all the things that didn't go right, but you generally don't remember all of the things that made you smile or the things that said, ah, this was wonderful. And that's where your attention goes. You know, as Abraham, Abraham Hicks says, it's as easy to create a castle as it is a button. It just depends upon where your focus is. So keep your focus on gratitude. Now, when you find yourself in a state of gratitude, you actually are feeling pretty good about a lot of things. And it's almost like the universe's ears will peep up and say, hey, she really likes feeling like this. Let's send her more stuff to be grateful for. And then you will find that just coming out of the midst of nowhere, or at least it will seem that way to you, that you'll have more and more things to be grateful for till in no time your list will easily exceed five things. You'll go five, you'll go 10. You'll have so many things in one day that you will actually be tired of writing it. Now, if you keep these in a journal, or as I do on, on a Word document on the computer, what happens is over a period of time, over a period of 30 days, 60 days, or even a year, if you find yourself in a space where you're just really not feeling too good about things, if you go back to your gratitude list, you will have a long list of things that have occurred in your life that you have to be grateful for. And that will keep you on the gratitude path. Now, you know, everyone gets those little gifts where you have these little boxes and you don't quite know what to do with them. Some of them are really beautiful boxes and some of them are not so cute boxes, but they're boxes nonetheless and somebody close to you gave them to you, so you keep your boxes. So let me tell you what you do with those boxes because I've often wondered what would be a good use for a practical use for these boxes. You take your, if you take little strips of paper and write on those strips of paper things that you are grateful for and drop them in the box. And you do that all year long. That is the makings of a fantastic New Year's Eve celebration. And if you can get a couple of your friends to join you in it, then what you do is on New Year's Eve, before you make your resolutions for the new year, read through all of the slips of paper that you placed in that box, all of the things that you had to be grateful for. And you will end the year on a, such a high note that you didn't even think was possible. And then when you make your resolution 
you will have then have such a high level of vibration to your resolutions will reflect actually the things that you want to accomplish and you will find that the new year will be absolutely fantastic. Now, the key to all of that though is you don't have to wait to the new year and you don't have to wait to December 31st. You can have a New Year's celebration any day you choose and you can have a, a New Year's Eve any day you choose too. So you don't have to wait to those days, but those are sort of key days that come around in our life and we wonder, oh God, what are we gonna do? So that is one of the things that you're going to do. Now, another thing, another question that comes across is why I do all of that. I'm grateful. I do my meditation and things still aren't happening for me. What I find is in that is what's happening in your life. Then there are a couple of other things that I need to draw your attention to. So I want to urge you to look at forgiveness. That's the word that no one likes, forgiveness. Look at forgiveness and not just look at forgiveness for the grudges that you are holding, the they did me wrong stories, but look at forgiveness from the point also of who did you do wrong? Who did you begrudge? Who did you harm? So forgiveness, two parts, the part that you're responsible for the part that someone else is responsible for. So I want you to make a list. I want you to sit down in a quiet place by yourself, of course, because forgiveness is hard enough as it is, because it's really difficult for people to deal with what they did to others. We tend to readily, readily deal with what people did to us. But I want you to make a list of the things that the things, places, people, and things that harmed you, that hurt you. Make a list of those things. And I want you to think about what happened and just, just recap it in one or two sentences. And then I want you to forgive that. And it's a simple statement because forgiveness isn't, it, we don't have to make it as difficult as we make it. We just, you just ask yourself this question first. Are you ready to forgive that person? And if your answer is yes, then forgive that person. But if your answer is no, that's okay. Because the next question you're going to ask yourself is, when do you think you'll be ready to forgive them? And if the answer is in 30 days, then you come back in 30 days and revisit it so that you can forgive them. But if the answer is, I'm not sure, then I want you to come back every 30 days and ask, are you ready to forgive that person, place, or thing now? And you will find that eventually you will get to a point that you will be able to forgive them. And once you say, yes, I'm ready, I'm ready to forgive, you just simply say, I forgive you for whatever the, the incident was, and I release you to your highest good. And you do that for each and every person on your list. I recommend a daily dose of forgiveness, <laughs> kind of like a multivitamin, kind of like that gratitude list, so you're going to have another column, is who do I need to forgive today? As I think if you do one person a day, you will find that you're always keeping the path open in your life for abundance. Now, the hard part is, what have you done to others that you need to be forgiven for? Because we've all done something to someone else that we need to be forgiven for. And we just don't know what to do about it. So this is what you do. You're gonna sort of do the same thing. You're gonna sit still, by yourself and you're going to write down a list of things that you need others to forgive you for. Now, 
If you cannot think of anything, then I want you to simply ask this question. I want you to get still, meditative state, and I want you to say, any person that needs to forgive me, come forward now so that you can forgive me. And you will be amazed at what comes up. And whose name or situation it comes up, that's what you're gonna write down. And you're gonna write a little bit down about it. And then you're gonna ask them to forgive you. Now when all of this is done, you're gonna take those papers and you're gonna burn them. I think that's fine. You're gonna have your own private little burning bowl ceremony. So you get a container and you burn them up or you shred them and throw away. Or even after you, if you don't wanna do that, shred them and throw them away. Then you can fold them up and you can put them in a Bible to your favorite Bible verse so that you're able to bless that. And then you will find that it becomes easier and easier. And as you can release yourself from these incidences, from these events, from these people, you will find that you are free to move throughout your life. And as you are free, you sort of unbind yourself. It reminds me of this scripture where um, Jesus came and, and he, Lazarus was dead and Jesus told Lazarus to come up. And one, one piece of the scripture says, unbind yourself and come forth. So the unbind is where we get ourselves tied up. We are bound up by all of this need to keep people down because we won't forgive them. Or we're bound by the need for us to keep people down because we have an issue with them or the way they did something. And if you think about the events that happened, you will tend to think that, hmm, you know, when did this really happen? And a lot of times we're holding on to things that didn't happen six months ago or didn't happen a year ago. A lot of these things happened five years ago, 10 years ago. As a matter of fact, I had a family member that used to always complain about something that another family member did. And finally one day I said, hmm, how long ago was that? And they said, oh, hmm, 1965. Now mind you, this was 1995 when they said that. I said, you know, don't you think you want to let that go? Hadn't that been a long time? So we hold on to those kinds of things and we forget that those kinds of things are actually ruining our health, they're ruining our relationships, and they're ruining our money. So something else that we need to unbind ourselves from is our story. We are the story that we tell. So ask yourself now, what is it that you constantly complain about? What is it that you constantly talk about? I listen to people constantly talk about, you know what, I don't have any money, I can't pay my bills, or I don't know what happens, I just can't seem to get a promotion. See, that's the story that you tell about your life. That's the story that you have written. And remember, I always say, you write your own story. And as you write your own story, I want us to write stories that are uplifting. I want us to write stories where we are the winners, where we are the main characters, where we're living the Super Bowl of our life. So instead of talking about what's not happening, I, when you start that, I want you to catch yourself. I want you to catch yourself and say, 
oh, that's not the life that I want to live. And then I want you to talk about the life that you want to live. As a matter of fact, I'm going to task you with um, something that works very well for me. I want you to sit down, think about today, where you want to be in five years. And then I want you to write a press release as if you were writing it from five years from this moment. And in that press release, I want you to turn around and talk about all the things that you were successful doing, how you did it, what's happened over the last five years. I want you to talk about how you feel. I want you to talk about the things that you've done. And I want you to be specific about that. And as you're specific about that, I want you to talk, I mean, I want it to, when you read it, I want, it to, want you to feel like you can taste it. I want you to feel like you can touch it. I want the experience to be real. And I want you to do it, remember, from a viewpoint of five years from now. Then I want you to take that and I want you to put it away. And then I want you to look at that. Now, if you do that, once you get that done for five years, what happens is you've got an idea of where you want to be now in five years. Because a lot of us don't know where we want to be. But that's one technique that will help unbind us from the things that are holding us to this existence right here, from the stories that we tell right now today. So once you do that, then I want you to write a letter from the vantage point of one year from today and what things that you accomplished in that year. So it's going to say something like, Dear so-and-so, it's been a year since we've started this journey, and in one year today, we've accomplished the following. Oh, we had a great time. Oh, we had ups and we had downs, but we had more ups and downs. And we did this and we went here and we saw that. And that's what you're going to include in your story. Then I want you to put that letter away and I want you to review it in a year. What will surprise you is absolutely the number of things that you will have achieved or accomplished in that year's time. Now, that is, of course, a little like goal setting, but I think it's a little different than that because you're not sitting down saying, oh, I'm going to do this and oh, I'm going to do that and oh, I'm going to do this in three months, six months and nine months. I'm actually asking you to project in the future, to, to move forward into that future, fast forward. And then I want you to write down all the things that you would have experienced. And then I want you to come back and build from there. So we're building a vision first. We will un find ourselves from this story by building a vision first and that is a cool fun way to build a vision the next thing is tithing now no one likes to talk about tithing however tithing is essential and tithing is simply as one of my favorite ministers says is simply paying rent for the space that we take up on earth Tithing is given 10% to where you're spiritually fed. Now, you have to determine where you're spiritually fed. I do have questions from a lot of tithers who say they're tithing, but nothing's happening in their life. So my question to them is, are you tithing where you're spiritually fed? So that means you're going to have to start paying attention to where you are being fed spiritually. It may not be the church that you attend. It may be someplace else. So think about it. It may not even be a church at all, but it's different from a charitable contribution. It's different from a donation. It is where you are spiritually fed. 
Then I want you to keep a journal because you know I believe in scientific proof. I want you to keep a journal. I want you to write down the money that you received and I want you to write down how much you tithe. And I want you to keep a journal because what you're gonna find, the way I found, is that money will come in quicker than you could have imagined. Now you don't tithe just money though. You tithe your time. So I need you to find some time, clear out some of that stuff that you're doing that you don't wanna do anyway so that you can have some free hours in order to help someone with something. I want you to tithe your thoughts. I want you to spend 10% of your time just thinking happy thoughts, just thinking thankful thoughts, just thinking uplifting, healing thoughts. And once you practice that, then you will find that you will have more and more things to think about that are uplifting, that are healing. Now, just a quick recap, we've got gratitude, We've got forgiveness. We've got tithing. Now, back to the story, to the story of our lives. If you're having trouble thinking about, oh, where am I going to be in a year or five years? Oh, God, I don't even know where I'm going to be tomorrow. You know, I can't even remember what happened yesterday. Then I want you to write like a quick bio of yourself, really quick bio. And I want that bio. I want you to write it as if you would have, you want others to think about you. How do you want people to remember you? And I want you to write your bio. And that will help you in the story that we live today. Now, another thing that I think that we need to untie ourselves from or unbind ourselves is a concept called embracing your shadow. Now, I know we all have sometimes seems like two people in us. You've got that person that public fasana, as my mother would call it, your representative. That's the one that you want people to see. That's the persona that you want people to believe that you are. But every now and then, something else comes up, something mean and evil or something that just loses its cool and no one knows where it comes from. Well, that's you too. Okay. But I want you to embrace that part of yourself. I want you to think about when that other second of yourself, that other part of yourself or that second self shows up, what's going on in your life, in your mind, in your emotional world at that particular time? I have found for me that when that person comes up, um, it's because at that time I'm either really stressed or have just not taken very good care of myself, not eating right, not resting, not exercising. And that person or that second self represents to me a warning. It's that person telling me, you really need to stop, you really need to slow down, you really need to get some rest. So when that other person shows up, what's going on? How are you really feeling? And this is a time when you have to be really honest because this person may be giving you signs as to what you need to do. Now, people say, oh, well, I don't have that. Okay, and ask a question. So, are you one of those who exercise and in good shape and then you go home and, and eat, sneak and eat candy bars? Or you go home and stay up too late? Or all of a sudden you lose your cool? Then that's your shadow. That's the part of you that you need to embrace. And once you decode the lessons that it's trying to teach you or listen to the voice because it's a guiding voice to let you know 
that something within yourself is out of alignment and you need to stop and pause and bring it back into alignment. And once you bring it back into alignment, you're able to learn the lessons and you're able to integrate that part of yourself into that perfect self that we all like to be so that you can become a whole being in this experience as opposed to a fragmented being. Now, I've got, I always have questions and I've got one that just popped in about, are there any basic rules about money? Now, one basic rule is, and this is basic stuff that we talk about all the time, is you, it's not the amount of money that you make, it's the amount of money that you can save. So, don't spend more money than you make, but that means that you need to know how much money you spend. So, a lot of people are not very good with budgets, and if you're not very good with the budget, that's okay. So what I want you to do is to start today to just record over a 30-day period of time all of the money that you spend. Because when we do budget, sometimes we leave out expenses for basic things like cleaning and entertainment, and we know we're gonna do those. But if you keep a journal of how you spend your money, you will know exactly what you spend and what you spend it for and how much you spend at the end of the month. Also, I want you to put next to that expense in your journal what were you feeling what was the emotions behind that because a lot of us spend our money for emotional reasons if we're feeling bad some people eat some people shop so I need to know what your emotions were so that you can see them on this sheet of paper and you'll if you see a trend that oh gosh I was tired I shopped or someone hurt my feelings I shopped or I was angry I shopped then you know that actually there are other issues that you need to attend to, and they're not just how you spend your money. How we spend our money is really key. Money is just energy, and it will let you know exactly what you feel and what's going on in your life. I'm always asked also is how to use, how to, how to spot the wow moment in your day. I believe that every day should have a wow in it. Now, a lot of people say, well, what's a wow? It's that thing that occurs that you weren't expecting, that, that thing that happens that just made you have to stop and take a double take. Uh, and it can be anything. Uh, it's like the sun shining when you thought it was going to be a gray day or driving along the water and just seeing the birds flock through or the leaves that are growing on the trees, something that happened that just turned out right. What was that moment for you? It could have been getting that big contract that you worked so hard on. It could be getting a new job. It could be getting somebody just simply saying, my man, you did a good job. Or it could be a rainbow like it is for me a lot of times. Just something in that day that said, wow. And I want you to write that down because I want you to capture that moment. Because when you pay attention to them, they will begin to show up more and more. Now something else we need to unbind ourselves from, as I alluded to earlier, is lack of action. As I said, we pray a lot. We talk a lot. We make a lot of lists. 
We make a lot of goals, but we forget to move into action. Action is where the magic occurs because nothing happens unless you get moving. So every day, I want you to do four or five things towards your dreams. I used to say one, but things are speeding up so fast and now things are, we can do a lot of things easier than we could before with all of the electronics. And I want you to do four or five things a day towards your goal. I want you to write them down, make an appointment with yourself to do these. And these things can be as small as send an email, read, read a book about this, uh, write a letter, make a phone call, because those are all actions that are tangible and they are all actions that will have tangible results. But you have got to get started. And, the, and people always ask, well, where do I start? How do I start? You start where you are right now. You have enough time and enough money where you are right now to do the things that you need to do right now. A lot of times we allow lack of money to stop us, but why? Because making that phone call, sending that email, doing the research is something that needs to be done that doesn't cost anything. That you can do right now. You need to reach out in your communities and if it's a business you want to start, you need to find the organizations that can help you start those businesses. Oftentimes, and more often than not, there's no charge to that. There's no charge to that. There are books that you can read. There are primers that you can get online that can help you get started if it's a business you want to start. If it is simply a project, get started. Make a list. Make a list of everything that needs to be done in every single day make you your priority. That means you're going to carve out some time every day to do, to do you. Now, you may have to give up something like a lot of television, hanging out, some of that, but you need to give yourself time to get started. And you will find that the more you do every day that you will have an effect at the end that will culminate into this great project that you want to do. Remember, success should actually be spelled work. W-O-R-K is how it really should be. To unbind ourselves also, we need to take frequent vacations or timeouts. Uh, we, every two or three months, you need to allow yourself to come apart from your environment, from your telephones, from your email, from work, from anything that's a distraction, and you need to spend time with yourself. You need to spend time with yourself so that you can go through all of the things that you said you were going to accomplish and determine if they were successful or not and make adjustments in your life. You need to have time to just sit still and relax and discover what inspires you. The ideas will come to you quicker when you are rested, when you are fresh. So as a matter of fact, recreation actually comes from uh, recreate. It's actually, it's actually what it means. So after you spend some time resting, then you will be able to recreate. You will be able to be open to ideas. Now, a lot of people will go on vacation and they'll say, oh, I'm only gonna spend an hour a day at work. 
but that actually splits your energy because if you spend an hour a day for work, it's not just an hour. What happens is that spills into the rest of your day. I want you to spend every hour with yourself, every hour just relaxing, clearing your mind, and knowing that you, so that you can know that you are important. We forget that because we spend our days giving so much of ourselves helping others that we forget to help ourselves. Now, I've got um, distinguishing between ego and your inner voice. One thing that we can do to unbind ourselves is to know which voice is talking. As a matter of fact, I have a saying posted up that says, watch your mouth when, you talk to you, when, you, when you're talking to yourself. We have two voices generally, and if you're special, you may have more than two voices because sometimes the ego can disguise its voice. You think you've got that ego located, man, and it shows up somewhere else and it sounds like something else. So you may actually, from time to time, experience more than two voices. But you've got a voice inside of you that will, that's really kind of soft that says, oh, you can do this. Yeah, that's a good idea. Hmm, how many of those have you done? And you've got that other voice that says, you know, nobody's ever going to buy that. You are just crazy. You have lost your ever-loving mind. What's wrong with you? You've got that voice. Now, they do talk to you in different places of your body, and I'm a, a big believer that what we forget a lot of times is that all of our thoughts and emotions will lodge themselves in your body. So if you don't know what you're thinking um, at that time, what, then you know where you're feeling. So where, where are you feeling it? Generally, one voice will come from here. Generally, that good voice comes from the heart area. But where do your voices show up? When you hear yourself saying negative things to yourself, where do you feel it in your body? That's key to you. The other thing is, what do you say to yourself? I want you to write down on that same piece of paper the words and the sentences that you use when you talk to yourself, the negative ones. Things like, oh my God, you are just too fat for that. No one's ever going to look at you. Those things. I want you to write those down. What are your negative phrases? And when you hear those negative phrases, where are they coming from, where they're coming? Because once you locate that, then you'll be able to silence it. Sometimes you have to negotiate with it. Sometimes I have a voice that says, you know, that is not going to be successful. My God, you're always doing these grand projects. So then what I say to that voice that says, yeah, you're right. I'm always tackling grand projects. But you know what? At least we're never bored. We learned a lot of stuff. So we're going to learn a lot of stuff this time. So we're going to tackle it. And then, then that voice will begin to say, yeah, you're right. Okay, I'll be all right. And then you just tell it, you know, you'll be okay. You'll make it through this. And you talk to it and negotiate it. So you say, you know, remember we did this event 10 years ago? Well, we did this the other day, and it was very successful. So this is going to be successful too. So sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes, though, that voice is so loud, so you just have to tell it to shut up. Tell it to stop talking to you. Don't talk to me. That point, it will become very quiet. Now, that voice may show back up saying some of the same stuff, but it would be a nice, sweet voice, but it will tell you the same things. That's why I want you to write down the negative phrases and the negative words that you say. So no matter how the voice sounds, you'll know that that's your, your inner critic. The next thing is that champion voice that you have, that voice that says, yeah, you can do this. That's a good idea. 
you know what, you did something like this before and it worked out pretty good. I think you can do this again. I want you to write down those words that you normally hear when that voice talks to you. And I want you to write down where in your body you feel that voice. Now sometimes people will say, you know what, I just got this feeling in my gut that this is gonna be all right. I just know it's gonna be all right. So is it your stomach area? Is it your solar plexus for, your, for you? Is it the back of your head? Where is it from you? And what are those words? So sometimes you can find those words because sometimes they're often very soft. Then I want, after you have those nice words and all of this exercises we did, I want you to actually record it. And it's really cool because you can do an audio memo on your phone. I want you to record about three or four minutes of the coolness of who you are. I want you to use your own voice. See, our voice is incredibly powerful. That's why your inner critic sounds like you and your inner champion sounds like you because your voice is incredibly powerful for you. So even though you may like to hear someone else's voice, when you can do it in your own voice, you will find that you will move into action quicker and that your success will be a lot bigger than you think. So I want you to record your voice saying all those cool things about you. I want you to remind yourself that you love yourself, that you're powerful, that you are beautiful, that you are handsome, that you are smart, all of those things, and that you're so cool that you've done all of these things that you've already written down. And I want you to play that audio mem memo to yourself in the morning and in the evening. And I want you to do that every single day. In 30 days, you will notice such an incredible change in your life that you will be amazed. Then you'll find yourself listening to that thing every hour, which is not a bad idea. And when that inner critic sneaks in, you've got to, re you've got to reply for it. When fear sneaks in, you've got to reply for it. And when anger slips in, you've got to reply for it. The next thing is, there are several keys to success, and we talk about them all the time. And as I've said throughout this, this show is, and this lesson, you've got to unbind yourself from the things that are holding you back. And when you come to terms with the fact that you are what's holding you back, no one can hold you back without your permission. No one can stop you from doing anything without your permission. You are what's holding you back. So you have got to decide that you want to move forward. But with every decision comes action. So it doesn't help just to decide. What are you going to do? Now it may help to make this, as I mentioned earlier, it may help to have those steps to be small steps. But you should take a step every day. Take four or five steps every single day. Don't skip a day. You don't get to take a day off. There are no holidays. You don't get nights and weekends off. You have to do it every single day. There's a concept of finding your passion. And I often say you've got to find your passion. But a lot of times I don't know if passion is the right word because when you tell people to find their passion, they're looking for this big thing, this big, great experience, this loud crescendo, because that's what we think passion is. It's just all hot and tender and filled with energy. But passion is simply that thing that you enjoy doing, um, that 
And when you think about it, and, or it's an idea that you have to do something that you haven't started yet, but no matter what, that idea keeps coming back. You just always come back to that. You'll start on something else, and then this idea come back, and then you'll look up, and you says, you know, I've had that idea three or four years. That's the thing that you're supposed to be doing. Now, you have to decide when you're going to do it. Are you going to do it now? And if not now, when? Because it's going to keep coming up and sort of tapping you on the shoulder and saying, hey, hey, you know what? We should do this. Yeah, we should. I thought about it. I thought about it. Yeah, okay. That is the passion. Now, you have to be careful with passion because you've got to put good wisdom with it also. Some things that you want to do may require some additional education, some additional expertise. Then you're going to have to make certain that you get the additional expectation, uh, education and the additional expertise. A lot of times, passion builds slowly. You may just find something that you're really good with. And then as you're good with it, the more you do it, the better you become. And the better you become, the more excited you are about it. And the more excitement that you have, then all of a sudden, here's this big crescendo that we've been waiting for. So the crescendo doesn't happen in the beginning. It, it, you, you build up to it as you become more and more confident and more and more experienced. But it does start with that thing that just won't go away, that little nagging idea that just won't go away. It's like the, um, and it's as simple as, as the garters for the sheets on the beds. The young lady created those. She kept having trouble with her sheets, and they would never fit. And no matter what she did, she would always come back to that. That thing just kind of bugged her. She had to solve that problem. She didn't realize that that was a passion. She had to solve that problem. So she did solve that problem. And when she solved that problem and got the uh, answer act actually out to the marketplace, she made several million, million, million dollars. And just by simply solving a problem. So how many of you listening to me actually have things that just keep coming back up or problems that just keep just knocking on your door they come back to you that's because they're there for you for you to resolve for you to find what needs to be done you see that is your passion so as you're unbinding yourself you're unbinding yourself from fear, you're unbinding yourself from anger, you're unbinding yourself from your own story. Remember, you can never outlive the things that you're talking about. And as you let those things go, you're embracing gratitude, thanksgiving, you're embracing tithing, you're embracing forgiveness, you're embracing all of the things that you are, you're embracing your full coolness, as I, call, as I call it, the things that make you, you, for we were all created very differently. There are no two people alike, and there's a reason for it, because there are no two things that are alike that need to be resolved. See, the answer to your life and the answer to what it is you need to do and the keys to your success lie within you, lie within your own heart. Now, how do you know if it's in your heart or it's not in your head? 
or it's in your head. So what happens is you get these great ideas, and when you get these great ideas, part of you says, that's usually your heart, let's just do it, this is great. But this part, which is usually your head, says, mm, hold up now, I'm not quite sure if we need to do that. So what I say is actually have a conversation, sit down, let the heart talk, let the head talk. Actually talk about what you think is gonna hold you back. Because until your heart and your head agree, you're not going to be able to move into action and you're not able, you won't be able to be successful. So your conversation could go like this. Tell me exactly, head, why you don't think this is a good idea. And the head will definitely tell you. And then you can say, okay. And then you can, you can address each and every one of those issues one by one. You can say, well, you know, we've done this kind of thing before because usually that's a problem. Or you can say, you know what? We've never done this before, but we are willing to go the distance. So with that, I want to tell you to do your recording, to review your notes, and get ready for a great life. Thank you for tuning in. This is Stephanie Wilson Coleman, The Empowerment Doctor, and this is a sip of inspiration. You guys go out and just be cool.